Good morning. Welcome to Hope. We are glad that you're here today. My name is Paul, one of the pastors here at Hope. And on uh, addition to Ben's welcome, I want to welcome you. If you're a guest with us, we are uh, really glad that you're here. Hope you're blessed by our worship together. We are on uh, a sermon series on the Ten Commandments. So we've been journeying through Lent on the Ten Commandments and thinking about what they mean for our lives. And today I'm going to be preaching on the commandment that was just read for us, Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. I think this commandment is perhaps more relevant than maybe uh, most in our day and time. And the reason is, is because just look at the news headlines. Misinformation, fake news, deeply polarized population, people making up facts to justify what their position is. Uh, We live in a day and a time where it seems we are surrounded by lies, and it's hard to put a grasp on what is the truth. Everybody's claiming that they have the truth, but but it's hard to put a grasp. What is the truth, and what do we believe? And how do we know we believe it? As a result, because we've been lied to so much, what we are doing is is we're saying, well, uh, I'm just going to choose what to believe. Not whether it's true or not, that, that doesn't matter because I can't discern that. And, and so I'm just going to believe what I, I feel like I want to believe. What, what my intuition says that I should believe. The problem with that for us as followers of Jesus Christ is, is that we believe that there is a truth. And that that truth is Jesus and it's his word, his holy word for us in our lives. And that truth doesn't come from looking deep inside and deciding what we think is right or wrong. Truth and right and wrong come from God. And our job is to follow after that, to seek that, and to find that in our lives. And so I believe, church, that it is the time that we stand up and we are people of truth that seek the truth at all times and all places. It's critical, it's vital in our lives, an important part of our witness. So that's what I wanna talk about today. So what is lying? And what is this commandment about? And why is it such a problem? James Dobson says this, if you tell the truth all the time, I can believe you all the time. If you tell the truth only part of the time, I can't believe you any of the time. Here's the problem with lying. Lying severs trust, and trust is an essential ingredient to any relationship. Lying brings death, it brings destruction. Jesus, in the gospel that was read today, called the devil the father of lies. He said that the devil is a liar and that that lies are his native language. And that that the devil only comes to to seek, kill, and destroy. To tear down what God created to be good. When we lie, we join the devil in that. Lies bring death. They bring death. And the truth brings life. And and so this is why it's important for us to, to speak truth and to identify those areas where we're lying to ourselves, to each other, and to God so that the truth of God can come and live in us and bring us abundant life. And so I want to think about that a little bit. One of the things that's true about lying is that lying is not just lying. There's actually many ways to lie. And so I want to think about the different ways that that we lie. Uh, The first one I'll talk about, perjury. This is a very legal term. 
But the commandment itself is written in almost a, a legal way. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. It reminds you of kind of a courtroom scene where you're, you're lying or you're, you're misrepresenting the truth. You need to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God, right? Perjury is exactly that, that under oath, you would bear false witness against your neighbor. Perjury is, is damaging, it's, it's, it's hurtful because obviously it misrepresents the truth and could result in unfair punishment or an injustice happening to someone who is innocent. Exodus 23 says this, when you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. So at this base level, this, this commandment is about that, that, that when we are called upon to give an account of what really happened to speak the truth, it's very important that we tell the truth. It's a matter of justice. It's a matter of, of what's right in this world and protecting others. Another way that we lie, slander. Slander. This is, this is defamation of character. Slander is not that we ignore when there's been a wrong, I think there's times as Christians that we need to call out things and say that was wrong and that wasn't right. But slander is taking that a step further where we assassinate a person's character based on an untruth or based on something we, we don't fully know. Slander is, is when we, we try to bring down another person because we've seen them do something wrong, we perceive an injustice, and so the assumptions that we make is that they must be horrible. They must be evil. They must be rotten to the core. In other words, we're judging people. We're judging people based on uh, an incident rather than really knowing who they are and what's in their heart. Leviticus 19, 16 says, do not go about spreading slander among your people. It's the way we lie. Another way we lie, gossip. Exodus 23, 1 says, do not spread false reports. Here's one thing I believe about gossip. Gossip comes straight from the pit of hell. Straight from the pit of hell. And it's not good. You want to break a relationship, you want to sever relationships, gossip about someone. Uh, Pastor Ben can, can tell you that one of the things uh, that's true here is when, when a new employee comes on and I have a chance to, to meet with them and talk about the culture of this place and what the expectations are, uh, one of the things I always say is, you know, I'm a pretty laid back guy, which I realized this morning as I was preaching that, that that's probably not true. If I'm honest with myself, I probably need to adjust that statement. Okay, I'm a fairly intense guy who tries to be laid back. But something that will just absolutely fire me up uh, in, in terms of employee performance is gossip. That if I find out that you've been gossiping about another staff member, about another person, uh, or a congregation member, that's just not tolerated. We can have a zero tolerance for that because it's evil. It's not helpful in any way. It, it, it's hurtful. It destroys relationship. This is especially true for us as pastors. Think about that. If... You came to my office, and you said, Pastor Paul, I've got this situation I'm going through. I just want some advice. What does God's word say about this? Let's pray about this, right? And, and you confess something to me, which happens all the time. That's what we're here for as pastors. 
And I went off to lunch, and I, and I said, hey, Joe, you wouldn't believe what, what Frank said to me. I thought I heard it all. I thought I knew what sin was until I had that conversation, right? And I talked to that, and that person talked to another person, and you found out that I was gossiping about your situation. You think I'd have this job very long? No, I might as well pack my bags. I tell our pastors that we might as well pack our bags and leave because our capital is in the trust that we have. And nothing will sever trust quicker than gossip. It's just evil. And so if you are a person that's tempted by gossip, if you have you know, some information about a person, you want to share it. And sometimes we share it like, well, I just need to pray for this person, right? We think, no. Right? Or, or, or we think we're sharing it to help the person. No. God calls us to be people of integrity. That means that we honor the trust that people put in us. And we bring things to God. If you can't keep that to yourself, then bring it to God. Bring it to God and ask him for you to be a person of character. Because gossip just brings death. It, it severs relationships. Here's another way of, of lying. Maybe you haven't thought about this. Flattery. What's the difference between flattery and a compliment? Well, a compliment comes from the heart. It's genuine. Flattery starts at the lips. A compliment starts from the heart. Flattery starts with the lip. The motive of flattery is to butter someone up for our own personal gain, to manipulate someone, to deceive them. We're, we're, we're telling them an untruth, hoping they believe it, so we can steer them in a certain direction. The motive of a compliment is to build one another up in love. Flattery is a way of lying. Here's another lie that exists in our culture. False teachings. 1 Timothy 4, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, who he's mentoring as a young pastor. He says this, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. We need to be aware that there are people out there that, that want to teach you things and say they have the corner of the truth that are false. Well, how do we know that? We know that by the word of God. That's why uh, I want you, and one of the encouragements, I've said this before in church as a pastor, is to dig deep into God's word to make sure your preachers aren't lying to you. And I believe that's absolutely true. You need to hold us accountable in conversation together in terms of what is true in God's word because there are people out there proclaiming the truth of God as they see it that, that are contrary to what Jesus teaches and what he believes. One of those out there would be the prosperity gospel, this message that Jesus wants you to, to be you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise all the time, that that's the purpose of the gospel. No, Jesus came to set you free from your sin to have eternal life. You might be healthy, wealthy, and wise in life. If you do, that's a great blessing, but that's not what Jesus came to do. He came to put you in a right relationship with God. And there's a lot of this false teaching going out there that people buy and they consume and they think, oh, that, that's right because this person's a celebrity pastor and so they must be telling me the truth. No. How do we know that? Get into God's word together and study that. And you say, now what about you know, interpretations, Pastor Paul? People interpret things differently. Well, that's why we're the body of Christ together. 
That's why we don't study the word of God completely alone. We study it with other people as a church, and we wrestle with it together to try to help each other in our biases so we can discern what is the truth together and be accountable to it. Be aware of false teachings and the deceitful and destructive paths they'll lead you down. Here's why they can be so destructive, that prosperity gospel. You know, I want to tell you, everybody's okay, you're okay, it's all good, you know, your sin really doesn't matter. Well, see, here's the problem with that. If you don't believe your sin's a problem, you're not going to go to the cross. If you don't go to the cross, you cannot receive the fullness of God's mercy and grace. You'll have no understanding of how rich and beautiful God's love is in Jesus Christ if there's no conviction of sin. That's why the truth matters. Because God has a purpose in that. Another way we lie, little white lies. Even in the same way we say it, can you tell we're trying to justify saying it? It's no big deal, it's just a little white lie. What does that even mean, a little white lie? You may think, well, that's okay. You know, tell those little white lies. It just makes people feel good. No, no, it's, it's not the truth. You can make people feel good and speak the truth. Let me ask you this question. Do you think Jesus told little white lies? Well, I don't think he did. In our marriages, in our relationships, right, there's ways that we can speak the truth. We don't have to lie because, you know, here's the thing. Even if I told a little white lie to my wife, she knows I'm lying. Anybody married? I have no way of lying to my wife. She knows instantly if I was trying to deceive her. So I might as well find a way of speaking the truth in the most loving possible way that I can. See, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are people of the truth. And I believe in this time, in this age, and where we are right now, the truth matters so much in our lives. So what's our response to this commandment? How do we, how do, we do this? Well, first, my, my advice to you would be this. If you're in a situation where you feel you have to lie and you don't know what to say, then my first response would be, say nothing. Keep your mouth shut. As my dad said, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You're supposed to listen twice as much as you speak, right? Keep your mouth shut. This is what Thumper's mom said to him. If you don't have anything good to say, all right, some of you are old enough to watch Bambi, that's good. If you don't know what it is, Google it, right? But when you do speak, be a person of truth. Because truth, when we tell the truth, it's, it's a matter of character. It's a matter of building up relationships. You know, this world may tempt us to lie, and there are some people that have become incredibly successful by lying and deceiving and scheming. Incredibly, materially successful. But if that's what you've achieved in life, guess what? You're going to be incredibly materially successful and really lonely. Because lies destroy the most precious thing that we have in this world, and that's the gift of each other, the gift of relationships. And your whole life's gonna be based on deception, and that's gonna catch up to you, and it's gonna be a lonely, miserable place to be. 
when you die. You don't want to go there. You may think it's no big deal, but it's a huge deal. It's a matter of your soul. Luther had a, a great explanation of what we should do in light of this commandment. He wrote this in something called the small catechism. He said, what does this commandment mean? We are to fear and love God so that we do not betray, slander, or lie about our neighbor, but defend them, speak well of them, and explain their actions in the kindest way. So, so not lying doesn't mean that we, we not only don't do something, it means that actually we're supposed to use our words in a way that brings life to others. When I was thinking about that, reflecting upon that, and I actually came upon a video uh, that I'd like to play for you that I think says that so well. We'll play that video now. You don't have a ton of things in common with God, but there is one thing. You speak. So does he. God spoke light into existence with his words. I wonder what you could speak into existence with your words this week. I wonder what kind of love you could speak into your marriage that feels like it's in neutral. I wonder what kind of courage you could speak into the heart of a child who's hurting. I wonder what kind of peace you could speak into your broken friendship. What kind of hope you could speak into your own weary soul. I want you to know that the most powerful words you're gonna speak this week is probably not gonna be on a stage or a conference call or closing the deal with a client that you want. The most powerful words you're gonna speak is probably just with one or two people listening, maybe zero. It's totally possible that the most powerful sentence you'll say this week is a thoughtful text message that you send to a friend who's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's the apology email that you finally get the courage to send the whispered prayers through tears in the middle of a dark night. Powerful words aren't just for preachers who stand behind pulpits. They're for parents who stand next to bunk beds. Speak life with their kids, their spouses who share hopes and dreams during pillow talk, not criticism for teenagers who stand up to bullies, stand up for the uncool kids. Your tongue is so small, but so powerful. Your tongue is telling a story. what life you could speak into someone this week. Have you thought about that? Your words have power. You know that old adage, sticks and stones will break my bones and words will never hurt me. That's just not true. It's, it's a lie. It's, it's a lie that comes straight from the pit of hell. Your words have power and, and the power to create life and love in others, so, so use your words to build one another up in love. Choose your words today. Choose your words and speak Jesus into others' lives. Let me, let me proclaim some truth to you today. 
Matthew 15, 11, Jesus says this, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. In other words, if what's coming out of your mouth is anger and complaining and slander and malice and gossip, if all you do when you're gathering together with your friends is complaining about that other group or that other perspective that's you know, ruining your life and ruining this world t- today, there's something wrong in here. Some, something's broken in here. It, it's time, that should be an indication to you that it's time to do your soul business, what we call soul business, and that's get right with God. He's the one that can create a a new thing in us, place a new heart in us so that our words that come out of our mouth reflect a right relationship with God and a heart of love even for who we see as our enemies. Where's your heart with God? And what does your mouth say about the condition of your soul? Some truth, John 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. Here's the consequence of sin. Not only do you deceive yourself and others, but scripture says when we lie, we accuse the God that created us, the Lord Almighty, of lying himself. Because when the truth not in us, we misrepresent God. But did you hear the good news in that? That even when we point our fingers at God, if we confess that, if we say, God, I I don't have this figured out. God, I need your help. I I don't know how to stop, but I need your help. I'm caught in a lie. I'm trapped in a lie. Lord, I want the truth in my marriage. I want the truth in my friendship. I want the truth in my workplace. I want to be a person of truth in this world. God, help me. Restore me with that. God, who is faithful and just, will forgive your sin, your lie, and place a new heart in you and a new righteousness in you so that you can live his life in this world. You can get right with him to get right with others. John 6, 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words, you alone have the words of eternal life. People of hope to be people who tell the truth means we need to stand on the truth. And here's the good news that we have. We know today that truth has a name. And that name is Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Truth does not come from looking 
deep inside of our emotions and saying, well, this is what I decided about this thing. Truth comes from God Almighty himself, and he has revealed that to us fully in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and in his holy word for us. It's our job to chase after that, to receive that, to surrender to that, to know that, to study that, to believe that, and live that out the best we can in our lives every day. Did you know this truth crawled onto a cross for you? Truth died for the forgiveness of your sin. Truth rose from the grave and defeated the power of sin, death, and the devil in the world. The father of lies is silenced by the cross and empty tomb of Jesus Christ. And truth himself said this in John 8, 32, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You know, here's the biggest problem with the deceptions that we tell ourselves and others. Here's the problem with a lie. A lie is just another prison we put ourselves in. Right, because we have to continue to lie to keep up to that lie. We continue to be in bondage to that lie. We we think that the lying is gonna be the easy path because the truth seems so hard. We think the lie is gonna to be to our advantage, right? And get us ahead in life so then we'll have what we perceive we need. But really, it holds our soul and our character and our lives captive. But Jesus says, you weren't made to be a prisoner. Not on my watch. Not by my mercy, not by my blood. I'm going to set you free, people of hope. The truth, Jesus Christ has set us free. Be free. Father, When the words come out of our mouth that we know are untrue, that are unkind, that are slanderous, that are cruel, I pray, Lord, that you would break into the crevices and corners of our soul in those areas that are corrupted by sin, and you would restore, you would redeem. Lord, that we get on our knees and confess so that you might make us new. Lord, in a world full of lies, may we be people of truth, of life-bringing, soul-changing, love-creating truth. In Jesus' name, amen.